I'm here with my good friend Marcel and together we are presenting to you the Jazz and Grass and Other Stuff 2 podcast. Hey, what's up everyone? Uh, we love having you here for just uh, a little bit. Hopefully you're having a nice day. Um, I do want to say that what we do uh, besides this podcast is we do run an account on Instagram. We're going to talk more about that later, but all you need to know right now is that we post a new lick every single weekday on that Instagram account, Jazz and Grass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, and Marcel does Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Hey, I get the better uploading schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Every time Monday rolls around, I'm like, oh yeah, it's time to get back at the jazz and grass, and then I have to wait an entire day. (laughs) Um, Uh, That said, if you have any questions, you can call or text us at... Area code 724-257-1046. That's area code 724-257-1046. Um, just for all the folks at home, if you didn't hear the thunder, I just had a massive thunderstrike again. And my phone is telling me there's a flash flood warning. Um, shout out to everyone in North Carolina. <laughs> uh it rained here for like the first time in months yesterday. Just a few little drops. Oh man, you didn't even get like the torrential stuff. Normally you get that in Arizona, right? Like when it rains, it rains pretty hard, you know? Yeah, monsoon season. It happened a little bit last year. Uh, usually every day I had a gig outside. <laughs> and we had no rain out contract. So. That's good. Yeah, I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to play an outdoor gig tomorrow, and uh, I don't know. Fingers crossed, it gets canceled. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do you have a rainout contract where, like, if you show up and it's raining, they give you half? Um, n- not for this gig. I have in the past, but I don't know. I would have been smart to have had one on this one. Um, anyway, man, what are we talking about today? You want to get into it? I know you. You're in charge of this episode, man. You got so much <laughs> stuff happening in your life. You you want to you gotta you gotta get all that off your chest. <laughs> well, first things first. Um, I bought my very first soldering iron. What? Yeah, I bought a soldering iron. You're you're trying to work on guitars now, like a real guitarist. Uh, no, I'm trying to fix all of my broken guitars because every guitar I own is broken. That's nice, man. So you're just like connecting whatever you think to whatever else? Yeah, like I'll, I'll go on YouTube and look <laughs> at a video of somebody wiring it and uh, like, oh, that looks about right. Uh, let's try that. Um, and I was able to uh, re-solder the ground wire on my uh, Squire P-Base. Um, I broke it off like after being so careful to not break it. When I was um, changing pick guards, I, I swapped pick guards. And uh, right at the very end, as I was about to put it back, I just snapped the, the ground wire off. And so that was like three or four months ago. And I uh, decided to buy a soldering iron and I re-soldered it. And it works great. My pots are still really, really dirty like, a, like this one. I don't know if you can hear that. I can't hear it. Uh, if I bet you it's clean in the recording pots, they, they they go away. That sound goes away. 
Um, but uh, my my neck pickup on my my fretless J has become completely desoldered. So that's my next uh, large project. Well, nice, man. It kind of uh, come at a better time because today is weird. Today we're both playing electric guitars. <laughs> um, yeah. For whatever reason, I'm playing an electric guitar today, but I figured uh, I would take it out and start playing it a little bit more because I don't really play it. Um, so today uh, I'm all about 90s country. <laughs> Yeah, man. Your electric guitar playing sounds great. Uh, I have a couple of questions for you. What do you do with the volume knob? Where do you put it normally for regular playing? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. So I um, uh, normally, like, uh, you know, like my hand motion, I roll it all the way up and then back, like, maybe a quarter turn. And then um, on this guitar, um, which is... uh, Oh man, I'm gonna like I'm gonna look like a total jerk right now. But it's I believe it's a 2015 or a 2016. But it's the Fender. I think it's called the American Elite, something like that. It's the point is it's like the most expensive one, um, and that's why I'm gonna look like a jerk because they just said that. Um, but uh, <clears throat> the with the tone all the way on, and actually kind of contrary to what you think of normal country playing with the pickup selector right in the middle. Um, I think it sounds like a really nice, like, bright lead tone. It's what I'm using right now. Um, but, yeah, that's that's how I normally run this thing. This guitar has a really cool feature, too, where um, it has a button in the middle of the volume knob so I can run my uh, pickups in series, I guess. And it gives you, like, a little boost. It's a... Uh... I'm sure you can hear that I'm much louder than I was before. <laughs> uh... For the first, like, 10 years I played electric guitar and electric bass, I ran my volume knob at 100%, 100% of the time. Um, And this this new guitar I got, uh, the Ibanez Roadster II, um, it actually has a tone knob that works. Like, all the tone doesn't happen between 1 and uh, 2. Like I can, I can roll and like <laughs> different things happen. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, different things happen to the sound. Um, but on this guitar, I've been running it at about eight. Uh, the numbers, like where the numbers are placed on this volume knob, uh, they make a lot of sense to me. Like I can see where eight is. I can see when it's at 10. Um, yeah, we got off the train pretty quick. I was talking so, about a soldering iron. <clears throat> so uh, I'm going to take us further off the train, if that's okay with you, Lyman. Mm-hmm. Because something very funny is happening over here in my world. Um, my uh, right, right before we started recording, Lyman can attest to this, um, there was this huge uh, thunder uh, strike clap. How do you say that? And then... Uh, and then I saw a spark over here in the room, and my power kind of dipped. And it was over by my amp, and I was like, oh, man, I hope, like, everything's fine. Um, and I couldn't find what was wrong. And now that we're recording, I see that my condenser that was miking my amp is just flipping out right now. Can you hear any crackling, Lyman? Yes. I was wondering what that was. 
Yeah, I think the I think the power dip actually blew it uh, my condenser or something. I'm gonna fiddle with it right now. Just let's leave the podcast going. You just talk for me while I fiddle. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's do this. I've never done this before. Hey, I'm Marcel. I'm so great. I am amazing. Uh, Sounds like you've done it before. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let me play some country licks. Uh, How do I play chord? Does that sound better, Lyman? Uh, Play it again. Yeah, I hear less crackly stuff. Um, let's see if there's any crackly stuff at so all. So we just paused to check out, you know, the damage of the the lightning, and uh, you heard it. <laughs> oh yeah, I just got I just got a text from my girlfriend, and she says the power is going on and off at the gym. So apparently, it's horrible everywhere. If this podcast gets cut short, you know, just know that Lyman will uh, forge ahead without me. Mm-hmm. It will be really good or really bad <laughs> or somewhere between uh, those two things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anyway, your soldering iron, man, we got way off. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I did the worst thing. I soldered like I just I was on my bed soldering. And uh, luckily I didn't. As you do. I didn't light anything on fire. Um, I didn't burn myself. And I got the soldering iron put away and cooled off before my wife got home, which I promptly <laughs> told her I was soldering in bed because I cannot tell a lie to her. Hey, man, there's your soldering iron right behind you. That's it, isn't it? Right there? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> man, why didn't you? You should have done like an unboxing video or something. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, getting even further sidetracked, uh, I went to to Walmart with my my British buddy. He was looking for like heat shrink tubing and like mushrooms and stuff to make food with. Bunch of weird stuff. Um, and so he he got the the stuff for dinner that he was cooking for us, and uh, we ended up walking all throughout Walmart, and we picked up. I picked up a Yuri on Ice poster because the ridiculousness of that poster being in this town, like I just had to buy it to surprise uh, the wife. Um, I also bought that soldering iron because uh, it's a hot thing and it can melt metal. And my buddy bought one of those pocket slingshots and a $2 kite. And so when I when I told my wife all of this, all she could say is like, "You guys are like toddlers with money." <laughs> and uh, naturally, um, when we um, bought the when we started playing with the slingshot, we we took rocks off the ground and shot them straight up into the air. Nice. <laughs> and just we're just gonna see what happens. I think I still have uh, both on, eyes. <laughs> on your wife's comment, uh, toddlers with money, at least half of that's true. You guys are certainly toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a little bit of money. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so yeah, we just bought toys. <laughs> um, and that, that's my story for uh, the fun day yesterday. Oh, nice. We, we, we just had a Independence Day. Did you do any freedom-related activities? Freedom-related activities? Um, I wore my shirt that says, uh, what's it say? It says, um, uh, guns, bacon, freedom, and something else. It's a really dopey shirt. It's inappropriate to wear it basically all times, <laughs> except for the 4th of July when everyone else is wearing ridiculous America stuff. Um uh, yeah, we were supposed to go to a party, a big bluegrass party, and do a bunch of jamming and stuff, but we decided to just stay in. We went to, like, a brewery and stuff with some friends earlier in the day, but we didn't do any freedom stuff, man. Fireworks are legal here, though. I mean, we could have done the whole thing. We just didn't. Shame on us. Yeah, we can't light off fireworks because we're liable to blow, um, burn the whole state down. Um, yeah. If it was Nevada, you could have blown the whole state up. <laughs> They've been doing that for years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on 4th of July, I taught for a few hours and then I had, um, a double header gig, uh, alternative rock and then jazz. And so that's a, an easy transition. Oh yeah. I actually played upright on both gigs. So <laughs> one of them suffered and it wasn't the jazz <laughs> priorities. Um, yeah, so I had no freedom. I was working. Uh, but I guess I was exercising my right to work on Freedom Day. So you're still, you still got this teaching gig where you're, uh, you're recovering for a guy, right? Yeah, I was, uh, I was a substitute. And, um, today was my last day. So I am no longer a substitute teacher. I am, again, unemployed. Or as I like to say... <laughs> unemployed <laughs> nice <laughs> um, uh, so how was your last day um it was good the adult class made um uh, a bunch of progress in the two and a half weeks that i was there um one of my students uh started playing by playing notes on the the first string we'll call it And I got him all the way to the second string. So progress is progress. He could play twice as many things as he could when uh, we started. So I assume when you were teaching him, you really put him in his place and you're all like, he did some of those. I, I did a. Uh, I actually did show them the the back and black lick today. Um, oh, nice! But I taught the more advanced uh, student. Um, that scale uh, points. If you know what that is, uh, one scale to. Rule them all, one scale to bind them. I'm going to go on a tangent here. <laughs> Do you know what the one ring actually does? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I recently learned what the one ring does. Um, it, uh, it's one ring to rule them all. 
it it can control the lesser ring bearers if they put their ring on it uh the the user of the one ring then has control over those people that are ring bearers except it didn't work for the elves you know three rings for the elven people in the sky or whatever it didn't work on them and it didn't work on the dwarves it just made them greedy um and uh they they wanted treasure but it did work on the men the nine rings for mortal men doomed to die um so when they put on the rings they were under uh the one rings master's control and uh then they turned into the ring wraiths spoiler alert um <laughs> our guitar podcast is becoming like a Stephen Colbert talk show <laughs> but unless you were extremely powerful you couldn't use like the one rings power and if you put it on it would t- put you in like the, the spirit dimension and that's why you were invisible when you put the, the ring on uh, so yeah that's that's the one ring to rule them all, and uh, this is the one scale to rule them all. Can you play? Can you play the Shire theme song with the pentatonic scale? No, you really need the fourth. You can't. You can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Today, today, uh, it was my last day, and um, it's the sort of situation where I show up, I offer to teach the class. I was teaching three classes, adult cl- guitar, uh, children guitar, and uh, percussion 101. And I was, uh, I was just sitting down was in the middle of the, the children's guitar class and nobody was showing up. So I was like, sweet, I can sit here, browse Reddit, uh, maybe practice a little bit and uh, I will have fulfilled my duties. And then right. this, uh, this man comes up to me uh, all ready to play pickleball and says, are you the guitar dude? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. He's like, oh, let me see if my kids, uh, kids want to learn how to play the guitar. And then just goes away and uh, three children show up. Um, so I got uh, three children pawned off on me uh, with little guitar experience. And it was on my last day. So I was, I, I did not know what to do. Well, that's kind of, that's kind of a weird move to just, um, to be like, hey, I need to get rid of these kids. And the only thing around is, you know, a guitar lesson. Mm. <laughs> That's not ideal. <laughs> uh, luckily, I had extra guitars. So what I did was I had them do this for a little while, have some fun, you know, just make lots of noise. And then I assigned uh, fingers on the right hands to strings and had them play Metallica. 
<laughs> I didn't have them add the that part. But just getting them used to uh, having their, uh, you know, fingers plucking, plucking notes. And then I taught them how, or attempted to teach them how to play E minor. And uh, I just, it was my last day. I wanted them to be able to do something that sort of resembled music uh, before the regular guy comes back and he can, you know, set them straight and fix them where I, where I broke them. <laughs> I'm, I'm always worried, like, I'm going to break a student because, uh, sidetracking again. I've watched the Seattle Mariners break a lot of baseball players, just totally ruin them uh, with bad player development and bad coaching. So I have a legitimate fear of ru ruining a student. You don't want to be, you want to be better than the Mariners? Yeah. Um, so as, as long as I'm not a pile of turds, I should be okay. <laughs> that's that's pretty harsh, man. I thought you really liked the Mariners. I love the Mariners, and they're doing good I'm this year. You're not wearing a, a, a Mariners shirt right now. <laughs> I'm I'm wearing a shirt of the other thing I like. It's a guitar shirt. <laughs> uh, My shirts have three things on them: Seattle Mariners, Hawaiian stuff like Hawaii, or like um, some sort of music related thing. Or I've stolen yep. a shirt from my wife and uh, it becomes mine. So I have a shirt with a scar from the the live version of The Lion King. And it says, <laughs> I am surrounded by idiots. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good look for you, man. I love wearing that shirt, like, just to make a subtle statement. <laughs> uh. And I love wearing it by myself because it's true. On the subject of students, um, I know exactly what you're talking about, though. There's this, uh, there's a situation you get into a lot with young students where they just kind of get dropped off and they, they don't really have the interest level that helps the lesson progress. And a lot of times when you end up with those students for a long period of time, it, that's, that's, you know, almost the, the only moment in your career as a guitar teacher where you have to be like, all right, we really need to practice. It's really important that you go home. Like, promise me you're going to do this. Because for most other students, they're just going to do it anyway. They're excited about it. They're going to do it. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I understand that every once in a while there's going to be, you know, a student that you have like in high school or something who's playing soccer or whatever, and you have to have that conversation. But nine times out of ten, you know, when you have that conversation, it's with someone who uh, who just doesn't care enough to be there. And then you wonder, why am I here? And I think that's why, you know, once again, the majority of guitar players, uh, you know, quit being teachers because they don't want to deal with those people. Um, and when you start, I think you deal with the majority of those people because you're starting as a guitar teacher. The only students you can get are just kids, right? If you don't have enough clout in the community, then it's hard to get, like, adults taking lessons from you. And it's, like, the hardest time. It's so tough. And mm -hmm. every single day, you're teaching someone an E minor chord again. I love <laughs> teaching the E minor chord. <laughs> it's like, bam, here's some music. Uh, now go play it and annoy your parents. 
Whenever I uh, taught it to kids, I would always teach them that it's uh, like the rock and roll symbol, and you put those two fingers down on the strings. Oh, and I did. That's a super good technique. I, I did that so they would also learn the devil horns, and also so that way when they went to make E major, they would already have this finger free. So a lot of times when people go to make E minor, they make it with their first two fingers instead. And then when they go to make E major, they have a harder time. So that's how I did it with little kids. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have any sort of like reward system, like candy or anything like that? No, I never did that. Um, and I think that I, I try to foster more of a... I think, first of all, you know, you were teaching a group class. I think that's a whole different beast that it makes sense to do that with a group class. Um, but I like to foster more of the... Um, just the attitude that guitar playing is the anti-work. And we talked about that, how guitar is the thing you do instead of like doing what you're supposed to do. And um, I think getting, getting your kids to feel that way is really important. And I told kids stuff like that in lessons too. Like young kids, I'd be like, hey, like, you know, <laughs> you, you have like homework to do. You have whatever else to do. Like you don't want to do that, play guitar instead. You know, like if, if, if you're not going to do that thing right away, you know, instead of picking up anything else, why don't you pick up your guitar? And I think that's the the best attitude. Yeah. Did you did you have a reward system in in the class? No, um, I I didn't. I didn't even think of that until like this moment. Um, but the 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 kid students I had normally like they would always come back practiced and like improving, and they were they were a joy to work with. Um, I was just woefully unprepared to deal with three new children uh today (laughs) like it's my last day i'm going home i can start sleeping in again uh no more of this going to bed early bull crap um right and then all of a sudden three kids show up to uh you're teaching metallica again yep (laughs) and then i went to percussion class and that was uh that was that was a day. That was a thing. Because <laughs> if you nice. give three children a pair of sticks to hit stuff with, it's going to be hard to get them to stop hitting stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why you don't give them sticks. You start with all the hand drums. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> um, one thing that that. Uh, irks me as a teacher that I don't know how to deal with yet is when I, I show somebody I really break down emotion into a, like not emotions but like a singular motion like and break it down like what muscle groups are doing what things what your fingers are doing and uh, I do it in slow motion and then the student tells me yeah I'm doing that but it's not working like, and they're not doing that. Yeah. yeah. If it's not working, it's because you're not doing the thing I just described and showed to you. Um. That's that's super tough. Um, on the on the other hand, I I really like putting myself in situations where I am that person, and uh, I think it's important to do that regularly. If you don't do that regularly, but um, I like to. Uh, well, like a good example is like. One of the first times me and my girlfriend ever went to the gym together, 
And I don't remember what the exercise was, but I remember her being like, all right, this is how you do it. This is what you're supposed to do. And she's like, all right, do you feel it like, you know, here? And, you know, like, do you feel those muscles working? And I was like, I don't know. And she was like, how can you not tell if those muscles are working or not? And I was like, I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> They've never worked before. <laughs> but, you know, you know what I'm saying is that, like, uh, it seemed like a really easy question for her, and for her it is. By the way, if you don't know who my girlfriend is, she's she works out all the time. She's crazy. She's working out right now. Um, but uh, she, you know, understands how her body works and everything, and that makes sense to her. And I'm I'm an idiot when it comes to that. I'm a complete fool. And uh, I, you know, you have to realize that sometimes when you're teaching guitar lessons, these people come in. And you're like, all right, so really it's more of a forearm rotation instead of like, you know, a locked elbow with an up and down motion. So you should consider, you know, you talk about all these things and then they try it and it's just not translating because they haven't spent as much time thinking about how their arm works. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They've literally never thought about how their arm works until this moment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I find it's, a lot easier for me to teach the motions on the guitar than it is for me to teach uh, percussion because I haven't even played percussion in a good eight years. Um, (laughs) But I I remember enough from high school that I can give introductory lessons. Um, So what we started with today was just holding the sticks and uh, I, I I showed them where to hold it, and two of them said, no, I'm not going to hold it there. I'm going to hold it like this instead. And after nice. after two times of really trying to get them, like, hey, everything will be easier if you hold it here. And they said, no. Like, okay, let's move on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Real babysitting job. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Yeah, like there was a lot of let's move on to something else today. Um, Well, I'm glad you had that opportunity to like, yeah, you got to like try the group class thing and like see what it feels like and then uh, slowly feel your soul leave your body and then be like, (laughs) hey, I don't have to keep doing this, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I was just going to say all in all, like it was a good experience, like a good gauge of where I'm at as a teacher and like what the job is like, um, yeah, I'm I'm open to doing more group lessons, uh, but with um, I think I'm gonna make a cutoff age. You have to be at least fourteen. Um, yeah, because I like to use big words to make myself sound smart. Lots of children aren't gonna know <laughs> what ubiquitous means or acetate. Or, uh, let's be real. You don't even know what those things mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I gotta acetate about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, like it, it was real interesting for me to like put my the work I've been doing on becoming a better teacher into practice. Um. But now it's over, and I am going to go back to the, you know, the grindstone uh, and test out, build up new theories and formulations. 
to uh, fill these people's heads with. That's all I'm doing. I'm just filling their heads with my my theories. <laughs> um, just because we 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 said a lot of things about group lessons just now, um, I think what really helps group lessons just in general um, is normally the um, the the level of uh, professionalism around the lesson, and uh, you know, for instance. Almost all of the group lessons that I've taught in my life have been at like festivals or, I mean, yeah, they, they've been at festivals or like folk schools. And the idea is, you know, that I'm there as a resource and, you know, I'm going to teach you about bluegrass and the people who show up are, you know, very serious and intent on actually getting something out of it. And that's what makes it work is just their attitude of respect and understanding. And I think that that's really difficult when we talk about beginner lessons and especially with kids because there may not be that level of respect, which means that the majority of the lesson is you trying to foster that level of respect before you're going to actually even teach anything. And um, huge tip of the hat to everyone who actually does that because I, I can't do that. I, I fail at that. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Mr. Long. Uh, you're the man. And uh, yeah, have fun with your, your students. <laughs> uh, One more thing. Hey, like, I said, oh yeah, go ahead. Um, I, I just feel like I deal as a person much better one-on-one than I do like in a group. And, and this doesn't just uh, pertain to teaching, like just like hanging out. I much prefer to be a one-on-one kind of person rather than hanging out in a big group of people. So maybe that's where I should go all in. But continue, your turn. Oh, I was just going to say, earlier we said we were going to talk more about Jazz and Grass and uh, Jazz and Grass on Instagram, I guess I should say, um, about what we do there and why we do it and all of that stuff. Do you want to get on that? Yeah. Why do I do this thing? Why, why did I even, why did we even think to do this thing? Um. I think it was a real spontaneous late night decision. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what it was. Um, But why, why, why am I continuing to do it? Um, I want to give people um, sort of a little bit of a foundation. Um, I want to foster, you know, line development building lines um, and, and, and the way I, I'm starting to do that is by uh, giving you guys a simple, you know, two to four measure line um, that's essentially, you know, a word or a phrase in the jazz uh, vocabulary. And another reason why why I choose to write the licks that I do and post the licks that I do is to um, get your hand your hands uh, accustomed to doing new things. Um, like um, that that line I use so much. Um, but coming from, you know, a pentatonic background, you may not, uh, your hands may not be accustomed to doing a line like 
And so I'm trying to, you know, deliver small building steps, uh, building blocks, small baby steps uh, on playing, you know, longer improvisational lines. Yeah, I think what's what, what's interesting about what we're what we're talking about is that we're actually getting into some of the um, I don't know some of the concept of like what is a lick and what makes a lick useful, and um, I think that's what we're both trying to uh, state in these is like you know somewhere in there there's some nugget of usefulness whether it's like how the lick like you know like travels maybe up and down the neck or like up and down the strings or you know, however that might work, or uh, maybe about how it honors the chord, or maybe just about some uh, little useful, like, trick, or, or turnaround, or, you know, sequence of notes. You know, whatever it is, you know, we're taking that, and then we're trying to frame it in an interesting way, so that way you can see how interesting it is, and hopefully you will take it into your playing. And all of that is actually really hard to do in three or four measures. You have to, like, set up the whole backstory, create a you know, uh, an intro and some kind of outro, you know, at beginning and conclusion. And then in the middle, you have to drop whatever it is that's interesting. And I don't know, I feel like sometimes when I post licks, I feel like they're a little bit of a failure in that I watch them back and I'm like, I could have made this look more interesting. Because it is interesting. We're never posting anything that's boring. But sometimes it's hard to, like, point out what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really directly stated this on Instagram or on this podcast, but I am smack dab in the middle of a 20 week series on uh, small uh, lines over static tonalities. Um, secret series. Yeah. Secret series. I, I should have like said something about it, but I don't know what I was thinking. I'm kind of an idiot, but the first <laughs> tonality, they're all in C is C7, C dominant. And then that's every Tuesday. Every Thursday is C major. Um, sounds over, uh, lines over a major tonality. And Fridays, um, Are, are lines over the C minor tonality. And so what I've been doing for the past, I don't know how long it's been going for, uh, but I'm just trying to give you single static lines. You know, there are some times in tunes where you'll have a chord for two bars. And if, if you're really focusing on playing changes, like it, it can be daunting to try to think of something interesting to play over one chord or, you know, more than two beats or four beats. So I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, the hand and the head ready to play over a certain tonality. Um, and I really think that there are only three tonalities, major, minor, and uh, dominant. Um, 
and if if you have good solid lines over those tonalities, uh, it's a strong foundation on uh, linking those tonalities together. So like D minor seven to F minor seven to B flat seven to a uh, C major, like you play minor. Minor tonality. Minor tonality over the uh, F chord. Dominant tonality over the B flat chord. And then major tonality over the C. Um, I'm just trying to, you know, set up the next uh, larger series. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice because, um, I mean, I do this too. And, you know, just like you said, I don't really talk about it. But I normally do it with, uh, well, I, initially when we started Jazz and Grass, I, I did it with keys a lot. And I would just do a batch, you know, for the next couple of weeks and they would all be in G or they would all be in C or they'd all be in D. And um, <laughs> you can look at that. And I realized that, um, at least for bluegrass, um, I don't think just putting a bunch of things in the same key together was was a very good idea. And now I'm trying to think about broader ideas and then putting them into a bunch of different keys. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that we're doing the same thing. We're falling through patterns. Um, just because in the last couple of days I've been playing more electric guitar, I think that um, maybe I'll do some uh, more country stuff um, on the, in my next couple of licks. I don't know. I don't know, man. Don't try to put me in a box. <laughs> I'm trying to put you in that grass box, dog. <laughs> um, yeah, you should definitely do some country licks. And uh, I'll, like, include some fusion licks. I think that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, you should. Um, I, yeah, I think that uh, the, the concept of jazz and grass uh, becomes more fun when we make it kind of uh, even more broad, you know? Like what? What? What other stuff from the jazz camp, and what other stuff from the you know sort of Americana camp can we include? Mm-hmm. Um, then we can both record blues licks. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. very few blues licks. Um, yeah, me too. But like, the one thing um, I did want to hit on, I, I've I've forgotten it already. Keep talking. I'll, I'll remember it. <laughs> oh no, Lyman! I have, you do so good. I have brain farted. <laughs> um, were you going to talk about uh, about dabbing? Not yet. About who you? Not yet. Going to dab on. <laughs> one one more thing. That I'm trying to remember. Uh, um, we're talking about licks. We're talking about doing uh, doing some broader things. I like this. The podcast is now just me trying to lead Lyman back down his train of thought. Yeah, like we we, we went so long with me, you know, going on tangents and you just <laughs> letting it happen. <laughs> I, I feel like you've cut me off the leash and now you've put me back on, but the leash is really long and now I don't know what to do. Um, uh, so another just side anecdote. Uh, this is the anecdotal podcast. Little bonus yeah. thing. For, for you guys. Um, I'm, in, I'm in this band. I'm playing bass in this alt-rock band. and uh, Playing upright bass. 
I was actually playing electric <laughs> bass. I, I play in like two alt rock bands right now. It's weird. Um, but uh, I, I haven't been in this band too long, maybe about a month, um, month and a half. And we're, we're looking at new perspective drummers. My buddy, uh, shout out to Cam, he, uh, he showed up and uh, the drummer from the band was like, hey, you want to play a set? And so he played a set with us, and it was my duty to lead him in the right direction. And this is how I felt. I felt like I was the new crew member at McDonald's, and the manager left, and he left me with a new recruit that I had to train. And it was daunting and stressful, and I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) And (laughs) afterwards, all I could say was, sorry, buddy, I did my best. Oh man. We only got a little bit of fryer oil on us. Nice. Man, you you're talking about McDonald's like from experience, man. <laughs> you like you know what's going on back there. I've a uh, the only food service job I've worked is a concession stand at a um I don't know if they're minor league or like independent baseball league. Uh, it, was, it was a baseball team. I worked concessions. That was a fun job because I love baseball. I got to be at a baseball game almost every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, they don't let me eat next to uh, food. It's just a, it's a legality thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, oh, I remembered the thing I was going to talk about. I remembered oh, it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, go ahead, man. To me, jazz and grass is like, absolutely zero percent vanity for me like hey look what i can play look at this cool clever thing i did um jazz and grass is for me the jazz side uh is to uh, get more new or old guitar players interested in playing jazz and giving them you know the building blocks they need to uh to get started, to get started playing this this music that can be kind of daunting. And so I'll give you three lines a week. And if you learn those lines, you'll have a little bit of vocabulary and uh, it'll be that much easier to start playing jazz. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, man. It's like there's, I don't know, there's just like so many different genres and way to, ways to approach the instrument. And you know, getting getting anyone excited about how to do that in a bluegrass way or how to do that in a country way, I think is what it's all about. And, you know, that's the weird thing is that so many people, when they talk about, you know, coming from the, the grass side of things now, so many people, when they talk about music that they listen to, say, oh, yeah, I listen to everything except country. And that's, that's fine. I mean, I was one of those people. I said that. But, um, you know, really what, what they say when everything except for country is they're, they're excluding like a lot of just, I mean, truly American genres. They're just being like, oh yeah, I don't listen to any of that. You know, like bluegrass and the rest of the folk scene and the Americana and the outlaw country scene and the so on and so forth, right? There's so much stuff we could talk about. But um, the funny thing is, is that I think when you look at the guitar instruction stuff, so many people want like country guitar and like the bluegrass guitar. Like so many people actually want that. I think that just in public, people don't admit it. <laughs> so if I'm that guy that, you know, is just, is just the one that's publicly out there being like, hey, here it all is, come and get it. You know, that's great. I love doing that. And I hope people are 
are soaking it all up and they're getting all that great instruction. Mm-hmm. I think we're doing the world a great service. Yeah, we're pretty great people, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my tongue is literally in my cheek. <laughs> uh, um, anyways, we were, as we were uh, alluding to earlier, yeah. Um, so before Lyman gets going, I'm going to put a big old disclaimer on this because I know you're going to get all all hot and fired up over there. Um, so what happened... I could just like give a brief overview of the story. So we got a comment and this guy had some opinions about the jazz and grass Instagram page. And it was really funny. Like immediately I was laughing. I don't know what your immediate reaction was, but I thought it was funny. Um, and uh, <laughs> he's, he's definitely not a hater. I think he was just trying to give constructive criticism. And I think he, I think he just wasn't appreciating how you were coming at the situation of like pro- providing a million likes every single day, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, go ahead. You tell the story. I just want people to know that we don't hate this guy at all. That's not it at all. We're like happy to have him watching and everything. Mm-hmm. We're just, we're just, uh, we're just laughing about the fact that it happened. I, I think I'm, I'm going to take this into a, a, a different direction than, than you were thinking. The, oh really? The dude totally played off of my biggest insecurities. That uh you carry this 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 project. Oh uh, no, I don't know about that, man. By the way, just 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 to point out that that's not true. Um I'm very very much caught up in my own stuff. I basically only work on my own YouTube videos and like 90% of Jazz and Grass is Lyman. The other night, Lyman texted me at uh, 11.30 p.m. And he said, are you going to post a lick today? (laughs) I had just, I had messed up so bad that I only had 30 more minutes to post a lick. And Lyman was the one to be like, uh, hey. (laughs) Uh, But really, Lyman does all the work for this. He does all the editing on the podcast and everything. I just show up and talk. Yeah, and and you play great licks that are uh, very very interesting and not boring. According- yeah, I've been meaning to show you uh, this bad boy. Check this guy out. <laughs> what do you think of that? I think we might get copy striked. <laughs> it was that close to the recording. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, there's this guy, I think his name was Andrew, so shout out to Andrew. Um, yeah, he, he he said something to the effect, I'm not going to go grab my phone and look at the comment, like, that... You uh, want me to read it? I can find it. Oh, yeah, do it. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> you just got to give me a second, I'll find it. <laughs> Uh, Thank you for that. Um, so just just to like add insult to injury about this comment is that it was on a really weird lick I posted, too. So it's like kind of out of my normal realm, too. This guy comments and says, 
I'm trying really hard not to sound like a jerk, but it seems like the time and effort put forth by the bluegrass guy is significantly more than the jazz guy. All of the bluegrass riffs are unique and exciting, and the jazz ones are all just kind of cliche and boring. I hope you guys can take that constructively and not think I'm just a hater. Which is funny, because some of my licks are very boring. This just happened to be like one super weird one. <laughs> so yeah, he hit me where it hurt, and uh, I'm, I'm letting you know that you hurt my feelings. You hurt my feelings. <laughs> I'm just playing, dog. Uh, you're cool, I guess. Um, but yeah, like, um, I, I guess that's what I was trying to say with the point, like, of um, that it, it's not a, a place of vanity uh, for me. Like, if I wanted to, I could post stuff like... Uh, every day. Um but I, maximum jazz. Maximum maximum over <laughs> jazz. <laughs> oh, that's a great that's a great uh like cheesy album title. Max, Is that already an album? I, I don't think so. I think it should be an entire <laughs> genre. Maximum over jazz. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I'm just trying to I'm, I'm trying to do the a little bit of basics right now. And uh I, f- I felt like I needed some justification. Like I'm just trying to trying to give some people some building blocks. Uh, yeah, like it, it made me really rethink like how much effort I put into this project. So I got a new camera. I'm going to um, make my licks not look so much like garbage anymore. They'll they'll look a little bit better. So my production quality will be a little bit closer to Marcel's. Um, Lyman's gonna get better quality production than me now. I'm gonna I'm gonna look bad. I'm gonna be the bad one. <laughs> People are gonna leave comments on my licks like, "Man, your licks sound good, but like, why does the video look so bad?" <laughs> um, I I don't even know the the model name of the camera I was using, uh, but it was it was one of those like webcams that shoots in quote unquote 720p, um. But it's all grainy and stuff. So yeah. I decided that's the end of that. It's time to move on uh, and you know up my game a little bit because uh, at least it feels like to me for a little while, as far as the licks go and the production goes, Marcel's been carrying the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I don't think that's true, but we could do that all day. <laughs> but come September, I've got uh, a new series coming um that's uh that's got actual common chord changes like um i worked on a bunch of lines going from c major to a7 um it's real common you know one six two five uh one um so i got a couple batches of two five licks in different keys um and got you know the major one to four dominant thing and uh because i want to do stuff that's you know a little bit more exciting i'm gonna i'm gonna start doing weird uh triadic chromatic stuff um you're gonna get hate comments about it yeah it's it's just it's just noise. 
There is no music. <laughs> Jazz is uh, stupid. Just play the right notes. <laughs> uh, Angela from The Office, yeah? Got him. How hard can it be to just play the right notes? Yeah. It is extremely hard to play. Uh, confined to the changes. Like, just, you know, a, a side note. Um, speaking of your your album title, what was it again? What was that? Maximum Maximum uh, Jazz Overdrive. Maximum Over Jazz. Maximum Over Jazz. Yeah, there you go. Um, I was hanging out with some uh, bluegrass guys, and they were joking about uh, like the the bluegrass cliches. And one of the cliches they came up with was the um, uh, diatonic landscapes. <laughs> 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 but when everything's just Right there in the major scale. <laughs> There's your diatonic landscape. And then uh, the other one they had was the chromatic universe, which is just, you know, way too much chromaticism, so it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, if you if you're listening to jazz, remember to classify everything, whether it's in the diatonic landscape or the chromatic universe, <laughs> or you know, maximum over jazz, <laughs> maximum over jazz. Uh, yeah, I, I I would really like to make an album that's diatonic landscapes, and it's just almost unlistenable. It's just like major scales, just like repackaged and repackaged and repackaged. <laughs> Uh, I would buy that album. It'd be a pretty good meme. Diatonic <laughs> uh, landscape. Um, yeah, anything to say to Mr. Uh, Albert? Uh, the, Mr. Albert? The guy who commented. Oh, <laughs> I thought his name was Andrew or something. Whatever his name was. Um <laughs> No, I just want to say, um, you know, thanks for being on my side. I've always known that I was better. I just needed someone to come out and say it. Um, no, but really, you know, uh, just thanks for being a fan and thanks for caring enough to say something. Um, you know, I really appreciate that. And that's something that um, people talk about a lot. Maybe if you if you haven't done much uh, playing out, you might not have heard this. But, um, you know, one one advice that gets given out to people who perform a lot is that most of the people who who want to hate or um, not even hate, give criticism. I mean, are fans. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the only reason they're 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 giving you any kind of you know lit back is because they they feel like they can because they've listened to so much of your stuff. And uh, I've noticed that running my YouTube channel, most of the time when I get a weird comment. You know, and I think someone's being kind of harsh. Um, if I say anything back, anything back at all, they're immediately like, oh, man, you know, super glad to hear back from you. Yeah, sounds like it was just a misunderstanding. Love your content. Like they, you know, immediately are just excited to hear from me. And, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of the truth of how it goes. People are really harsh when they don't think that you exist on the other side. And then when you say something, their tune kind of changes a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he uh, he listens to all our likes and checks his stuff, likes our page and mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, and uh, I actually responded to your comment, Alan, and uh, I, I wasn't joking when I said thank you for the thoughtful 
thoughtful comment. Like, uh, it, it actually does inspire me to be better. But yeah, watch out because I'm going to get better and I'm, I'm, I'm going to win. Yeah, going, watch out all you haters. He's going to dab on you. I'm going to destroy my competition, which is Marcel. So. <laughs> Uh, um, you listen to anything cool lately? Oh man, I am I am the the worst person to do this question right now, but I'll do it anyway. Um, yeah, what I <laughs> oh man, I've been I, I've been uh, really into podcasts for a while now, but uh, I've been following a couple new ones. Uh, number one shout out is to uh, No Sleep. Probably there's this podcast called No Sleep, and it's just horror stories. And um, they're all enacted like old school, like radio plays, like radio dramas. And they're wonderful. They're so great. I put them on like almost every single night and I listen to them and they help me sleep. Super good, spooky stuff. Highly recommend. Um, The other thing I've been listening to is the um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, podcast, uh, also videos, uh, Critical Role. Um, super fun watching people like just be creative and essentially just improvise. And actually watching it, it relates to music in a pretty big way. You get to watch people like make decisions and think themselves out of bad choices and be able to like work in any possible situation. It's really, really interesting too. So if you're interesting and if you're interested in like improvising in a broader context, I would definitely check that out. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, that's what I'm into. Um, couple things like I got a music related thing um, and a podcast related thing, but I um, last night I went to go see a movie with um, my wife and her friend and my British friend. Um, and on the way back, uh, he put on a playlist like I didn't know what it was, but it sounded like exactly like circa 2015 liquid trap. And, uh, I was just reminded that that is my favorite type of music still. It's been my favorite type of music for like the past three years. Um, not not so much, you know, the future bassy, lots of super saw type of things, but like a little bit more minimalist, but, you know, yeah. heavy 808s, cool sounds. They sound a little bit bubbly. Um <laughs> But uh, I found a podcast uh, that is very, very not safe for work. It's called uh, Local Obscene. You can find it on uh, Bandcamp under Chief Swiftwater, who is um, an absolutely incredibly interesting artist. Um, I, I, I don't even know how to... Uh, describe him uh he just makes very very weird stuff and uh my dad listened to his stuff and uh he said he remind reminds him of the the guy from the room tommy wiseau um (laughs) for for better or for worse but i really like his stuff it's super interesting but he started a podcast and like I was listening to it as I was setting up to record the podcast today. And it was very, very not safe for work. Like instantly they started talking about some unsavory stuff. 
It was hilarious to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to listen to some more Future Bass, uh, Liquid Trap, and I'm definitely excited for this new podcast. It's called Local Obscene. Um, you can find that on Chief Swift Waters Bandcamp. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you're just shouting out whatever you want now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the, why why you should have a podcast to shout out your friends? Yeah, that's true. Um, so what have you been working on lately? I've been working on not breaking those students I had. and. Uh, oh, yeah, right. Also working on a bunch of like one to six licks. Like one to six to two. Uh, that wasn't that wasn't a lick. Um, <laughs> um, and just still trying to you know make my way through that line construction book, all the tab for that. Um, I got through um, tabbing out a bunch of like different ways to play. Uh, all the different uh, diatonic seventh chords in uh, all across the different strings. And crossing the B string, which... I might start tuning my guitar in fourths again. This B string is upsetting me. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You're going back. You're doing the thing. I might. Uh, because I have more than one guitar now, so I can uh, <laughs> I, I can do different things. Um, but, like, I don't know, man. It's kind of scary to make that jump. Um, it, it was yeah, I could never stick it when I did it. Yeah. It was easier back in the day when I had like just one guitar. Like, okay, I'm going to do this and I, I can't retune it. So I just have to play like this. I did a couple gigs that way. That's crazy. <laughs> I think it's. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't gig like that. That's insane. It was a testament to like, you know, how either fearless or ignorant I am. I'm leaning towards <laughs> ignorant. What are you working on? <laughs> um, well, I have an electric guitar, so I should talk about that. Um, yeah, there's um, there's a, there's a lot of country stuff that I only kind of do, and I, I guess I would like to make that a more real part of my playing. Um, not to give up bluegrass in any sort of way or anything, just as another thing I'm interested in. But... Um, yeah, one of the really interesting things about how country guitar works is all the different ways they'll ornate or uh, uh, ornate uh, all the different ways they'll embellish like these simple phrases. So you'll get like you know something like right, which is the line that I played earlier, um, which is just uh, two three two one. Right, this is super basic, and they'll find all these different ways to play it. So of course they would pick the sixth. Right, it's going to sound really country. Uh, they'll also do it with a bend, maybe. All right, they'll do it with a double stop. Right, and all of these things sound like country, just like slightly different, right? They do kind of just 
you know, very slightly different things. And, um, you know, one of the interesting things about having to solo in, in a country scenario is being able to put all of those things together over all the different chords so it means something. And I guess that's what's hard in a lot of genres, but, you know, you get in those situations where... Um, You 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 have to like find how you're going to grab all of those things in the closest places for every chord, and it gets really tough. <laughs> um, yeah, if you're interested in getting into any country guitar, I think one of the most like accessible places to start is that uh, you can always bend up to the third of a chord from the second, right? Which is what I did as an example there. That's always going to feel super country, especially if you play the root right after it. And the way that I'm making it, uh, kind of selling it even more, is I'm playing the fifth on a higher string. Right, and bending up to the third. And there's lots of places you can do that. Basically, wherever you have a chord that has a fifth in it, you can find the second and the third below that, and you can make that bend happen. Um, uh, whoops. Would, would be... Yeah, right there too. Um, you can find lots of places to uh, to find that, and that's a really easy thing to fit into your playing immediately. And then, of course, all of those six lines. And I think just those two things, you can get a lot of country stuff into your playing. stringing those things together and trying to make like usable sentences um, you're just going to have a really tough time with it for <laughs> for a long time just like me I still don't think it sounds super convincing but um, it's getting there it's getting more real from a non you know country player slash listener it sounds it convinced me <laughs> uh, yeah there's so many other things that that feel super country that you can add in that I'm just less familiar with. I really like um, this. Uh, uh, that's uh, supposed to be like more of a, a Memphis style thing, I guess. And I don't really know how to do it. Um, and, you know, I, I should be using more of that and everything else, but I'm just not for whatever reason. Yeah, sounds good, buddy. Um, is that a podcast? I think that's a podcast, man. <laughs> I think that's a podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, once again, wonderful having you here and hanging out with us and listening to us just blabber. This was a this podcast was full of non sequiturs. This is like the least put together podcast we've ever done. <laughs> we just talked about literally anything that came up, and the entire time there's thunder in the background. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, let's recap Lord of the Rings. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, definitely talked about Lord of the Rings. Um, what else did we talk about? Man, you know, there's just so many things. Like we talked about Albert for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, we talked about the Seattle Mariners being a pile of turds, which they are not this year. Uh, they're a pile of polished turds. 
But every year yeah. for like the past 15 years before that, they've been hot garbage. Once again, I'm still going to say harsh words, man. That's, that's pretty That's pretty harsh. I love you the Mariners. Uh, but I am a Mariners fan. So my favorite uh, game time drink and snack is, you know, bleach on the rocks and Tide Pods. <laughs> now, now the podcast is definitely being shut down. <laughs> like we're... <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Uh, yeah. So if hey, if you liked uh, if you like this side of the podcast, the grass side of the podcast, you can find me at lessonswithmarcel.com. Bunch of free stuff. You can sign up for Skype lessons. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, there's my big YouTube channel, Lessons with Marcel. And there's a new video every Wednesday. Um, the video last week was good. Uh, I'm going on a big trip soon, and I'm trying to catch up on all my videos so I have them planned ahead. And I can tell you that the next couple scripts are going to be pretty funny. So <laughs> I don't know. Check them out as they come out. Are you doing a vlog for that uh, that trip? Yeah, I, th- I think I will. Um, I'm going to be gone for two weeks, but I think I'm just going to... I don't think I'm going to do two vlogs. I think I'm just going to do one. I'm excited for that. Um, <laughs> to see some familiar things. Yeah, right. Um, I'm Lyman Lipke. You can find me at LymanLipke.com, which will lead you to my SoundCloud where I release two lo-fi hip-hop jazz things uh every week and uh and you know sign up for for lessons if you want to study with me or like a one-off lesson if you're you know feeling stuck um and you can also find the this podcast there so get get trapped in that infinite loop again <laughs> Yeah, and the last thing to point out is, once again, Jazzy Grass, Instagram, new licks every single weekday. And, of course, this podcast comes out every Sunday. Um, the Grass Licks come out on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Lyman's Licks, the Jazz Licks come out on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Two Licks on Friday because otherwise it would alternate every week and our, our brains just couldn't handle that. Mm-mm. So, yes, please check that out. Please follow that. Give some of those videos a like. I'm sure you'll like all the licks. Yeah, buddy. And if you have any questions or, you know, Mr. Uh, Alfred wants to, you know, call in, uh, you can you can call or text us at area code 724-257-1046. That's area code 724-257-1046. Yeah, man. That's good. We'll see you all next time. Bye.